0: Everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode 31 of Sweet Tea and D&D, where Zach and myself uh, discuss the lore and legends behind your favorite monsters.
1: Or monsters you've never heard of.
0: Or monsters you've Maybe never you heard just of. just
1: flipped through a book like we did and went, that looks cool. And <laughs> I,
0: I pick this one.
1: <laughs> it's like throwing a dart at a map and going there for vacation.
0: Unless it lands in Kansas. No offense to anybody in Kansas, just playing. Go Kansas. <laughs>
1: I will also take North Dakota as well.
0: <laughs> Doesn't Kansas have North Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> kind That's of That's lower ca- lower Canada.
1: <laughs> sorry sorry, Kansas and Dakotas. You're doing great. Uh, not sorry,
0: Canada. You guys are great.
1: <laughs> yes. What don't, free health care. I mean All
0: Canadians right. are
1: nice, right? What you talking about?
0: What you talking about? Alright, so it's been a while since we recorded. Um like
1: five minutes ago not i'm not
0: uh christmas is coming gone new year's is today today yes, is january is. 1st um hopefully I'm trying these... to release both of these today i really hope they both release today that'd be nice
1: new that's year. on me
0: new year new us
1: new year new us
0: <laughs> 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 ha 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 lies um
1: <laughs> just kidding i'm still fat and unhappy Woo!
0: <laughs> jk i'm still a garbage human
1: <laughs> Uh,
0: so i'm talking about the cadaver collector and I'm not going to lie. It's a little creepy looking. The very, very top is a green uh, page box. It says, Cadaver collectors cannot summon specters of those they have not slain, nor will slain specters return to one. Starve it of victims and then do not attack until you can be sure you'll destroy it. Meteor Swarm works
1: well. Fucking hell. That's like an eighth level spell, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and this is a CR 14 creature. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, The... The illustration on the page It looks like Okay so you remember Disney's um, I was going to say Seen Beauty. It's not the right one um, Wizard of Oz Return to Oz Did you ever watch that? No Okay so Disney after Fox made The Wizard of Oz Disney made Return to Oz And it involved a very different tin man That was kind of like short and chunky And made out of brass He kind of reminds me of him If he was evil Covered in swords and dead bodies <laughs>
1: You remember that lovely classic Disney movie? But what <laughs> if he was evil and covered in corpses? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so sweet. <laughs> da,
0: da, da. Okay, Changed
1: the whole tone of that movie.
0: It's, it's very intimidating. It looks just like scraps of metal that got swords put through it and people impaled. It's very disturbing. Anywho, the ancient war machines known as cadaver collectors lumber aimlessly across the blasted plains of Acheron until they are called upon by a necromancer, hob-lop, hob-goblin, hob-lop-lop-lop. Hob-lop-lop-lop, hobgoblin general, or other evil warlord to bolster the ranks of a conquering army. These fearsome constructs obey their summoners until being dismissed back to Acheron, but if a summoner comes to a bad end, a cadaver collector might wander the material plane for centuries, collecting corpses while searching for a way to return home.
1: That's fucked up. That is
0: messed up. So it's like a lost
1: puppy of corpses.
0: It's kind of like Wally, but instead of Wally. like, you know, collecting trash, it's just throwing dead bodies, bodies. on itself. <laughs> I, it's so sad. Cadaver collectors respond to a summons from a mortal only when they are called to the scene of a great battle, either where one is in progress, where one is imminent, or where one once took place. They encase themselves in the armor and weapons of fallen warriors and impale the corpses of those warriors on the lances and other weapons embedded in their salvaged armor.
1: So they're like scrap collectors, and those scraps sometimes include bodies.
0: Yeah. You haven't seen Labyrinth either, have you? No. God, why do I make movie references that you'll never get?
1: Because it... Fuck, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I get that one. Yeah, you would.
0: <laughs> um, it reminds me of... Um, in Labyrinth, there these... They're kind of like that. They they just put different shit on their back and, like, wear... It's almost like a their own shell and they just throw shit um, on their back, like, constantly because they can't, like, let go. It's a weird thing. Anyway. Um, corpses that accumulate on the construct shell just aren't just grisly battle trophies. A cadaver collector can summon the spirits of these cadavers to join battle with his enemies and to paralyze more creatures for eventual impalement. Fuck. Although these specters are individually weak, a cadaver collector can call up to almost endless supply almost an uh, little almost an endless supply of them at any time. It's scary. A cadaver collector does not require air, food, drink, or sleep.
1: So nope, it's just ready to go.
0: It's the worst thing of all the things you love best in the world. <laughs> like it's, everything just went
1: horribly wrong. Um, Where would you find which book is this in?
0: This is in. Mordecai's Tome of Foes,
1: on page,
0: on page one twenty
1: two. Hell yeah, hell yeah. We ain't doodling no more, so we'll just tell you now. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry guys, we had to we had to diddle the doodling. <laughs> uh, it didn't get a lot of feedback at all, so we just decided to opt out. But if you guys ever want one, don't feel free to uh, feel free to request, and we'll definitely we'll
1: oblige. Totally send you a shitty doodle if you want one. <laughs> Ta
0: <Ta-da! laughs> So. Yes.
1: Nothing. Oh, nothing? Nothing. Sure? Yep.
0: I'll tell you that you have it. Do it. Alright.
1: Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: <laughs> um, Screw it. So the cadaver collector is a large, lawful evil construct. It has a natural armor class of 17. Uh, hit points vary from, holy crap, from 189 to Mass. 270-ish. Nine. 270, yeah. Fuck. Whew. Uh it has a speed of 30 feet. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> I
1: can't
0: imagine this thing running
1: after you. You know it's clanking like a sh- uh, heavily clad. And there's clad blood
0: Claire. and like stench. Oh, God. The smell from this thing is probably terrible. Like mm. rust and putrid bodies. Um, mm. So the stat block is definitely weighted. The strength is a 21 at plus 5. Dex is 14 at plus 2. Con is 20 at plus 5. The rest are kind of low with an intelligence of 5 with a negative 3 modifier. Wisdom at 11 with a plus 0. And Charisma at 8 with a negative 1.
1: He's not convincing anybody of anything.
0: It's not going to, you know, lure you by any means, but God help you. It if you.
1: you on a spike, it though. will
0: pull. It will break you in half. Like 21 strength. Have you ever seen one strength. of
1: those like hedgehog pineapples? Nope. Essentially, you you cut like a piece of meat or a fruit into like the shape of an animal, but you make it a hedgehog or a porcupine and put uh, uh, you put fucking toothpicks in it. Oh. So when you eat it, you just pull them apart, and it's just like toothpicks okay. of corpses. That on I it. do know.
0: I do know that one. That would be really awesome <laughs> <Like Yeah>. if <laughs> someone made like a cadaver collector type hors d'oeuvre.
1: That would be the weirdest D and D theme party I've ever been to. But, but boss, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: Okay, it does have some actions and stuff. It has magic resistance. The cadaver collector has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. It can summon specters. And this ability recharges after a short or long rest. So, as a bonus action... Holy crap, it's a bonus action. The Cadaver Collector calls up the enslaved spirits of those it has slain. 1D6 specters without sunlight sensitivity arise in unoccupied spaces within 15 feet of the Cadaver Collector. The specters act right after the Cadaver Collector on the same initiative count and fight until they're destroyed. They disappear when the Cadaver Collector is destroyed. Shit! (laughs) So... Uh, As a bonus action, it can call up to six specters. And Mm. they'll go right after them in initiative order.
1: Right after them. Fucking hell. So that could be
0: almost seven attacks. One after another. That's insane. Okay. It does have the multi-attack. The cadaver Collector makes two slam attacks. And the slam attack, as always, is a plus ten to hit. Well, it's not always, but it is plus ten to hit. Reach five feet, one target. On a hit... It does 18 up to 37 Damn. bludgeoning damage. No, I'm, I'm wrong. 29. My bad. I can't do math. Bludgeoning damage plus 16 up to 30 necrotic damage.
1: Damn.
0: And then it has a paralyzing breath that recharges on the five and a six, which is weird because it's a construct. The cadaver collector realized. A
1: <laughs> if it realizes lost. what it just realized.
0: It has an existential crisis. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm the smell. <laughs> <laughs> it's me? <laughs> you gave me the ugly. I'm um, sorry. Paralyzing breath recharges on a 5 or a 6. The cadaver collector releases paralyzing gas in a 30-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a successful DC 18 con saving throw or be paralyzed for one minute. A paralyzed creature repeats the saving throw at the end of each of his turns, ending the effect on itself with a success.
1: Did yeah. I don't
0: remember that. Well I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. No, you didn't talk about its immunities. I
0: did. Yeah, no. I did. Chop. Shut up. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> it also has other stuff that are cool.
1: <laughs> it has
0: immunities. Um for necrotic poison, psychic bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non magical attacks that aren't adamantine.
1: Damn. Shit,
0: you're gonna have to go through so much work to kill one of these.
1: All right, so, if you have an adamantine weapon, you can do it, but a, or a magic weapon. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Yeah, you're fucked. Carry
0: on. Oh, you pay. Condition are charmed, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, or poisoned. It has dark vision up to 60 feet, a passive perception of 10. It understands all languages but cannot speak. And it is a CR 14 with 11,500 XP up for grabs. Fuck. Uh,
1: Thing so would you, you would really
0: want to pay attention to the green text box on page 122 of Mordecai and his Tome of Foes because they do recommend Media Swarm.
1: Meteor <laughs> Swarm. Swarm. <laughs> fake news, fake, news, fake flash, news. Flash, 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 flash.
0: <laughs> that's like a bard's weakness. <laughs> <It's just laughs> bad news, press.
1: Bad press, yeah. That's a, that could be a bard spell. We should make one. <laughs> it's just called bad press. So, um... I'm going to talk, talk, talk about... I'm going to talk about it. going to talk about I'm going to talk about The Devourer, because it's terrifying. Uh, Volo describes it as, I've heard of rib-sticking, but this is ridiculous. Uh. Um, so it is a beautiful creature of Orcus, because, you know, he's really good at sculpting beautiful forms. Uh, this tall, mummy-like fiend wanders the plains, consuming souls, and by example uh spreading Orcus's creed of replacing all life with everlasting death Ooh. merry christmas uh <laughs> so they are considered instrument of orcus. they are lesser demons that proves itself to orcas might be granted the privilege of becoming a devourer the prince of undeath transforms such a demon into an eight foot tall desiccated humanoid with a hollowed out rib cage then fills the new creature with hunger for souls Orcus grants each new devourer the essence of a less fortunate demon to power the devourers forever first foray into the plains. So it's like your buddy Tim, he'll go with you, but only his power. (laughs) <laughs> he's uh, like your backup battery. Yeah, he's your backup supply. He's the Energizer Bunny up your ass. Uh, most devourers remain in the abyss or on the astral plane or ethereal plane, pursuing Orcus's schemes and interest in those realms. When Orcus sends devourers to the material plane, he often sets them on a mission to create control and lead a plague of undead. Skeletons, zombies, ghouls, and gas. and shadows are particularly attracted to the presence of a devourer. Uh, They are the fun tormentors of souls. They hunt humanoids and the intent of consuming their body and soul. After a devourer brings a target to the brink of death, it pulls the victim's body into and traps the creature within its own rib cage. As the victim tries to stave off death, usually without success, the devourer tortures its souls with telepathic noise. Hmm. When the victim expires, it undergoes a horrible transformation springing forth from the devourer's body and begins its new existence as an undead servitor of the monster that's bonded. Ew. It is fiendish, therefore it doesn't require air, food, or other than souls, drink, or sleep, so it's got to sub- consume souls to stay awake or, and alive. It is a large fiend, and it is chaotic evil, opposite of your lawful evil. Um, it has an armor class of 16, and it has a hit point of 178 or 17d10 plus 85 I'm tired and I'm not doing math Uh, It has a speed of 30 feet So it can hustle pretty quickly It's large That means it's up to 10 feet tall Which is terrifying This would be fun to see your corpse collector Or your cadaver collector in this fighting That would be interesting Um, It has a strength of plus 5 with a score of 20, a 12 plus 1 of dexterity, a 20 plus 5 of con, a 13 or plus 1 in intelligence, a 10 or 0 of wisdom, and a 16 plus 3 in charisma. Surprisingly charismatic, given that it looks like a really fucked up baby, has open ribcage and gooey insides.
0: I feel like some things are so terrifying, you'll do whatever they say just to get them away from you. Right, yeah. That's what I also think they mean by the charisma. Like,
1: yeah. I will just it's do whatever. It's ugly enough that you're like, sure. Like, yeah. I'll do whatever
0: you say. if It'll make it go away faster. Yeah.
1: So it does look like a really tall, bony creature with an open rib cage filled with goo. And in the picture, it has what I'm assuming is either an elf or a gnome or something in its chest trying to claw its way out because it's definitely going to be turning into something that. It looks undead.
0: desperate. Like it's really trying to get out of this chest cavity.
1: Um, It has an armor class of 16. It's natural armor because it looks just like bone. (laughs) Uh, A shit ton of HP and a shit ton of speed. Um, It is resistance to cold fire and lightning and immune to poison because it's undead and you can't poison something that's dead. It's immune to damage and the condition of being poisoned. It has a sense of dark vision of 120 feet with just a passive perception of 10. So I can't see shit. Uh, It speaks abyssal and it has a telepathy up to 120 feet with a challenge rating of 13 at 10,000 XP. Hmm. So as it's an action, it can make two claw attacks and can use either Imprisoned Soul or Soul Rend. So two claws attacked and gets to use one of those options. Mm. It has a plus 10 to claw, a reach of five feet, and it hit one target for a total of 12 hit points or 2d6 plus 5, which is going to be 17 slashing damage, plus an additional 21 or 66 for a total of 36 necrotic damage. Because fu, that's why. Um, it can use on its turn in prison Soul. Imprisoned soul, the devourer chooses a living humanoid with zero hit points that it can see within 30 feet of it. That creature is teleported inside the devourer's ribcage and imprisoned there. The creature imprisoned in, in this manner has disadvantage on death saving throws. If it dies while in prison, the devourer regains 25 hit points, immediately charges, recharges soul rend, and gains an additional action on its next turn. Because fuck you, that's why. Fuck you, it's there to murder you at the additionally at the start of its next turn the devourer regurgitates the slain creature as a bonus action <laughs> and the creature becomes an undead if the victim had two or fewer hit dice it becomes a zombie if it has three or five to five hit dice it becomes a ghoul otherwise it becomes a white and devourer can imprison only one creature at a turn. so it has buns in the oven every now and then when it picks up a creature and mm. then turns it into something miracle undead. of life so it has what's called soul rend, which recharges only on a roll of a 6 on a D6. The devourer creates a vortex of life-draining energy and a 20-foot radius centered on itself. Each humanoid in the area must make a DC 18 Constitution saving throw or take 44 or up to 80 max damage of necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Increase the damage by 10 for each living humanoid with 0 hit points in the area
0: wow so
1: if you if it has one in its body and it's got a few more on the ground the amount of damage this thing pulses out in a soul rend is massive and every time it has a soul inside of it if it it grabs a creature with low hp or zero hp and puts it in it automatically gets soul rend back Mm. and if you were lucky as a dm to roll d6s and roll a six on them every turn Oh, they're fucked. They're so fucked with this thing. This thing would murder you so fast. So I see this as kind of a... If you're, if you're definitely using Orcas in your realm, this thing would be a definite high-level challenge for your party. For sure with a CR-13. But what you're looking into this one would be something that maybe maybe it's just in there to replace the poorly serving um, Necromancer. So let's say you have a Necromancer who maybe called a Cadaver uh, Collector and Died in combat recently and Orcus is like, you know, I really like undeath. Let me send my buddy in and brings in a devourer to take over the army. Mm. Because, you know, he's fun like that. This thing is fucked up and I I could definitely see it as being a major challenge on the battlefield. Oh, yeah. But the worst thing is, is if you're tossing low CR NPCs at it constantly, it will just generate zombies all the time. All the time. So I think that'd be pretty interesting. Especially you'd be like, nope, clear all the low levels out. Get them out of the way. We got to protect them and take this thing on." I could see this being in the center of a conflict as like leading the army in the charge on the battlefield of undead. And then the party are the only ones who can face it because they're the ones with a high enough level magic and skill to take it out.
0: Maybe. I... It's got so much going on.
1: It does. It can be found on page 138 of Volo's Guides to Monsters. And that is the Devourer. Uh, it's a beautiful creature. I'm sure it would be a great Halloween decoration. Uh-huh. I think this would be a great costume if you have a baby. Oh. <laughs> and you want to <laughs> scar it for life. Uh, scar everybody else put it for in life. your bony rib cage of goo. So now it's time to talk about our DM tips. Just the tips. Thank you. I wait for you to do that every episode. <laughs> so we, we talked today about these creatures. They are both lawful evil and chaotic evil. And I personally have had issues with alignment charts. I normally just say chaotic neutral because it just makes me feel like I can do whatever the hell I want. It does. Which, I mean, I feel like all of us think that. So um, I found this post from Mindful Wrath on Tumblr that kind of has a simple guide to alignment. And I think this kind of clearly explains it. And it's a great way to approach with new players who don't understand what an alignment chart is and also those who think they do and are just being assholes at the table. Um, So lawful... And chaotic would be lawful rules matter more to me than individuals. Chaotic individuals matter more to me than rules. For good, other people's well being is more important than my own. And evil, my own well being is more important than others. And neutrals kind of make a case by case basis decision of where they feel about that. So for a lawful good character's guiding moral philosophy might be I follow the rules because it keeps people safe, even if they are sometimes inconvenient or harmful to me or another individual's. A chaotic evil character is guiding moral philosophy. We've screwed the rules and screw you. So this author actually has a few more information kind of coming in from other bloggers. So Bard acknowledge blogger is one of my favorite because their um, icon is the bard from El Dorado, (laughs) El Dorado, which is one of my favorite movies. So um, they hated the term chaotic and kind of go through it. I would have to go over this with new players thinking that neutral blank characters is always going to be crazy and random and doing shit just because. And furthermore, I find a lot of newer players treat lawful versus chaotic as either good versus evil. And a lawful good correct is the most good you can be. And a chaotic evil is the most bad you can be. And I think that's by a product of society where we just kind of equate moral philosophy to these alignments. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good way to kind of say, okay... Who do you put in front of others, and how do you deal with rules? So if you are neutral evil, you think rules are dependent on where you fall, like what the rule applies to. You take it by by case-by-case basis, and then evil means you look out for yourself.
0: Yeah. Evil does not necessarily mean a doer of bad. It means someone who is focused on number one. They're like... They're very self centered. They yeah. just they would rather run and live another day than fight with their comrades. Like they're like, nah, man, I'm gonna duck out of this because I can. <laughs> yeah.
1: So for fun, I'm gonna name a celebrity, and you tell me what their alignment oh, is.
0: Oh Jesus! I have to know who the celebrity is. I, okay.
1: I'm gonna give you the weirdest celebrity, and no, I'm just thinking Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Oh gosh, he would. I think he'd be. Neutral good, maybe.
1: Neutral good, so in terms of this good, as in he wants to help others. So I can see that because he he's, a, he's up. very much an activist. Yeah. He's an activist. I can see that. Neutral, case by case basis, because he is known to be an activist, but he's also known to date people like twenty to thirty years younger than him. I so. wouldn't say that it's
0: necessarily necessarily a character flaw, but I think that it's also a step by step thing. I mean, he's a celebrity, and people are prone to take advantage of celebrities. Yeah. So I think he does take it by a situation by situation basis.
1: Right, okay. uh, Uma Thurman.
0: Oh God, I don't know her personal life. I don't know either.
1: <laughs> She's not really in the spotlight. Who? What? Who would you ask me to put in a, a block?
0: Uh, Stephen Hawking. I know he's passed, but
1: I'm like dead. So uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I want to say mm-hmm. chaos, just because he was a physicist, just chaotic in a sense, because he studied chaos in general. But I would say he had a wicked sense of humor. So I would probably put him with a. Still put him in the lawful end because he worked with society and he wanted to do the benefit of society. So I would say lawful neutral, taking case by case basis because as a scientist you have to evaluate something at every step, and determine what's true, what's false. So lawful neutral.
0: Is there anyone that you can think of who would fit the the chaotic evil? Like someone you can just pick from history.
1: From history who's chaotic evil? Or if they're
0: alive now. I don't know. <laughs>
1: chaotic evil. Huh. So they are only looking out for themselves. Yes. And they hate society. Any serial killer I think would fall under there. I didn't want to get political on here. Let's say. Oh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, here's the thing about alignments. Alignments are always subject to change. But you as a DM, some, I've had some DMs who don't give a shit about your alignment. They just want you to
1: play the game. Yeah. I would always say play to your backstory and your own character's decision. And if it comes to like, I will be in a situation where somebody says like, yeah, I'm lawful good, but I murdered 12 babies just now for no reason other than I was angry. I murdered babies. And then I'd be like, I think you're a little more leaning towards that neutral or evil probably evil that was 12 innocent babies (laughs) it's like like, master Anakin. Yeah. yeah so like definitely there are some moments where i'm like okay you did something either you were mad at the game or something like that your character behaved erratically they are no longer what you say they are yeah and that's where you have to say like yeah your alignment has changed you need to behave like this. Or some people will give a save role on that. I, it, it doesn't really happen. In older versions of the game, you actually had to have alignments for specific classes. Like if you wanted to be a paladin, you had to be good. Clerics also kind of fell on that sometimes. I
0: can understand that.
1: But now there's like trickster clerics and all this type of stuff. So you're just like, fuck it. I can do whatever I want.
0: Is one of those things either it's important or it's not. Like yeah. it's always up to the DM if it's important, if your alignment's really gonna play a part in the in the campaign, or if it's just sort of some arbitrary label you've put on your character. In Adventures League, I remember you couldn't be evil. You can't be evil in those because it's definitely a co cohesive game. You have yeah. to work together. Um But no, I, I personally unless you're being a jerk about it i don't think that alignments are that important it's Mm -hmm. really cool if you play up to your alignment and you really play into it but don't just be a jerk yeah always don't just be a jerk don't do it just to get on anybody's nerves don't be that guy you know
1: i think alignment is more of an advanced type of thing yeah. Like whenever you make like a level 1 character, you're just now starting your adventure. You don't know how you'll behave in an authoritative position. Mm-hmm. Others who are like, yeah, I'm I'm on the council now. I'm a member of this society who actually has some sway. That's where you have to be like, "Hey, you're making a decision regarding ruling of a society or whatever." Are you following your rules or making something up? How does your character approach that? And that's where you should start bringing in alignment checks. Or maybe that's the point where you as a DM start making alignments. If everyone's like, I know in Horde of the Dragon Queen, that whole plot line, you get involved with a council. Spoiler alert. And in doing so, I think the way the characters present there, that would be a time when they first speak with the council and start going over some guidelines and stuff that you can just say, okay, we're level five to eight. I don't know where that happens. Um, You now get to pick your alignments based on how you behave here. And these are what will guide your decisions down the road.
0: Or your behavior could be determined by the opposite way. Like there is a council and the way you've interacted with them in the past leads them to believe that you are whatever alignment to whatever benefit or deficit that does yep. you. Because mm-hmm. this is a, a role-playing game, and unfortunately your decisions as a player have consequences. You sometimes sometimes it's how a town or a person views you based on your behaviors.
1: Mm-hmm. Or how you speak to the council or what you speak about. Yes, So bring that in. Bring alignment in if you're comfortable with it, and if your players are definitely comfortable with it.
0: So, our magic item of the day comes from I found it on Pinterest, but then it links back to Instagram, and it, it blah, 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 it's called Quest Chests. That's the page creator. that had it. The on creator. Instagram, yep. yeah. Um, and this is a pretty cool. It is a wooden. I'm assuming it's an actual size dagger, but it's a wooden dagger. And once per day, when you reduce a creature to zero hit points with this dagger, you can use a bonus action to twist the dagger as if winding up a clockwork toy. The slain creature then regains 3d10 hit points and obeys your verbal commands for the next 1d4 hours.
1: Which is awesome.
0: It makes essentially a puppet for you.
1: It makes a puppet. I think you'd have to, in terms of coming from a DM standpoint of everything, assign it what type of monster it is. I would probably make it some type of construct but it would probably fall under Undead because you just reanimated another yeah. creature. Yeah, I would...
0: I, you would have to put limitations on it. It's, it is only good for 1 to 4 hours. Um, the dagger does it once per day. Since it's wooden, I would probably have some sort of breaking limit.
1: Yeah. I um, would also say, yeah, with the limitation of daily or charges or whatever, you could... Maybe you put... Mm, I like yours. Breaking is... If, if you twist it too hard, it'll break or something like that.
0: Something like that. Or because there's no sort of role with it you just have to have killed the creature with that dagger and then say
1: with the dagger once per day when you reduce it with this dagger okay yeah. you
0: can use a bonus action to then take it in the creature and twist it
1: that's what I was thinking it has to, you lose that dagger when it's active because you shove it in the back of the creature yeah so and for I that 1d4 hours you, you don't have it, it the spell ends oh yeah so somebody somehow manages to strength check it out so I would say it takes a strength check to put it into the back
0: Yeah, into the creature, yeah, and
1: then rotate it or yeah, something in the creature, and then it would take an equal one to pull it out.
0: My my other thing is also, what are you killing that you have killed with a wooden wind up dagger?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe you just swap hands and stab it or something. I would say, in general, if you, I would probably remove the with this dagger, I would just say it works as a normal dagger, but. If you or your party reduces something to zero while you're holding it as a weapon, then you can insert it in. I wouldn't say you have to do the final blow because that would be kind of getting real picky.
0: It is. This is another one of those things. You Feel free to Modify fiddle with it. it you, yeah. know? Um, you Because they would have to make an attack roll with it. Have a hit. Bring the creature down to zero. Wind it up. And then let it work for... 1d4 hours Mm -hmm. so
1: and it constantly plays creepy music oh god
0: it'd be really cool if the creature it animates you know walks like a wind-up toy yes talks kind of like a like an automaton type thing Mm -hmm. um i don't know what you'd want it to do i I imagine like if you were traps
1: for you until it dies
0: well there's that i would also say you could tell it to relive the last moments of his life if one thing I might do with it is say it just has to be a fresh dead body. Yeah. Like something killed within 24 hours and you can like stab it with. yeah, <laughs> knife You stab
1: and it and turn it up. And it, it's essentially a speak with dead kind of, but for one four hours, but it can't speak because yeah. it just comes to life. So it has to like pantomime and it just, it'll show you death. I think that'd be hilarious.
0: That'd be fun. It's a good, it's a good thing to put in to add some flavor to something. But like we always say, consistency is key if you're going to change anything away from the wording that it's on online write it down and do it every time
1: yeah pass it out as a magic item and keep a record of what you're using with it but it says or the creator of this is at quest Chest on instagram so check it out when you get a moment
0: definitely give them a follow yeah um they so have very fun items on here they do have some very fun items uh i am looking up more items on pinterest now
1: and like, like some them. great resources for magic items. They
0: do. It's a great resource for a lot of ideas. If you just look up inspirational photos, you do find
1: not inspiration.
0: <laughs> like you find inspiration, but you also like it puts you in the mood to the creative mindset. You
1: know? Yeah. Okay. Well.
0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Oh, all right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>